Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with Alex Sanfilippo of many different fames. Uh, in the podcasting world, Podmatch maybe most. What would you say is your most well-known thing? Uh, ben, first off, glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> friends of failure, welcome. I'm one of those as well, so I'm 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 with my tribe. Uh, Podmatch <laughs> was my first software that we created, so yes, it is, and it's the oldest. Nothing else I've done is really that old in podcasting, so that's our flagship. So yeah, that's that's definitely what I consider myself most well-known for. Because then there's Pod Lottery, Podcast SOP. Yeah, is there you got other. Them. Those are, pod those are like the three tiers of our software. We're probably not going to do anymore. So keeping this evergreen, you probably can look at this in five, 10 years from now. And you're like, wow, he still only does three things. And that's okay. Um, but yeah, those are our three softwares outside of that. We have a couple other like solutions around education and just general motivation for people in the podcasting space. Nice. And I even messed that up. I somehow managed to leave a review on my own podcast, fictionally for another Star Trek podcast. So uh, there's a review from me on this one saying like, it's about Star Trek. It's great. I don't know if I should even delete it because I don't know what's sketchier, but uh, but I'm failing every way, new ways that didn't know possible. So can you give the guests a little bit of a pump up, a humble brag, just talk about all the cool stuff you've done because you've done so many cool things. And uh, before we get into like the failure stuff, I'd like to let the listeners know a little bit more of the stakes that we're dealing with so that they can put it into context. Yeah, I appreciate it. your podcast is not all doom and gloom. And I actually really like that about that, Ben. Anytime I've listened to an episode, I feel I'm like, wow, this person's super interesting. How were they ever a failure? Right. And I, I like the format you have. So for me, as uh, Ben first off mentioned Podmatch. So it's one of my softwares. I'm I'm through and through a podcasting guy. It's 100 percent what I do before that was a big aerospace corporate guy. Like, and that's the life I came from. I moved into full time entrepreneurship and have loved it ever since. Podmatch, Podcast SOP, Pod Lottery are three of our softwares. To be very brief here, Podmatch connects guests and hosts together for interviews, just like a dating app would connect you for dates. But instead of dates, it connects you for podcast interviews. Podcast SOP basically is project management software to help podcasters release their episodes on time, keep up with the production. And Pod Lottery is a great way to do review swaps in an authentic way that can really just help podcasters get some actual traction from a review standpoint on their show. And those are the software solutions that, that we focus on. And for me, I consider myself a lead educator in this field in podcasting. So my, my full-time thing is really just, can I help serve the indie podcasters out there? And it's it's been a journey and has been so much fun and done exceptionally well. And I'm, I'm so, so thankful that some people in podcasting have adopted what we're doing here. Yeah, I love everything you're doing, including the uh, the book, the book that I read that Vinny's oh, uh, yeah, part yeah. of. Yeah. We were just talking about Vinny. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's cool that you're doing all these kind of things, either trying to uh, elevate other people, trying to figure out how to get, uh, make it easier for the podcaster. Cause just like you were saying with podcast SOP, I'm the worst. Cause I'm like a one man show and I'm my own bottleneck. I have some episodes from over a year ago that I've recorded. I know I you haven't do, released. We, we talked about that. I almost threw up when we were talking about it in person. <laughs> it made me sick, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got to go apologize to people, but also at the same time, it's like, what do you expect? I'm the failure guy. Come on. You can't expect me to not mess up a bit, but um, <laughs> for you, it seems like everything you touch is, you know, turns to gold. I bet there's some failures hiding there behind the, uh, the, whatever the hell you want to call it, the curtain. But um, I didn't know you're in aerospace. So what kind of aerospace were you doing? 
Yeah. First off, I, I do have a journey and a lot of failures along the way. So I'm excited to get into that. I, I, I'm i a Never podcaster. So I have, to sh- I have to share a podcasting story, though. I had a guy mm-hmm. on my podcast like three or four years ago, and I actually he was extremely successful. And so I was like, hey, I know you haven't always hit things right on the money. Like, can you talk about a time when it just something didn't work out? And he goes, um, no, that's actually never happened to me. He goes, no, every, everything that I've ever done has worked out pretty much perfect and exactly how I thought it would. And I was like, are you sure? Liar, liar. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Anyway, so for what it's worth, that was a terrible guess because I'm like, wow, you're obviously not human if you're telling the truth or you're just lying. And I think he was lying. Um, you can lie to yourself enough that you think you're telling the truth. Maybe. Right. <laughs> but uh, to your original point of like, oh, I wonder how this person is going to be a failure. Like everybody messes up. Everyone. Oh, for sure. Especially the, the harder things you do or the cooler things that you try out, like uh, when the stakes are higher. More likely oh, yeah. to not not succeed because you don't know. There's no blueprint usually for a lot of those things. Like when you oh, yeah. were starting your pod matching thing, and we'll get back into aerospace that we never got into in a second. But I imagine you just found the need that you uh, needed guests and like were looking for a similar type of platform and didn't really have anything that that fit that. And and when did you start podcasting? Just for everyone else's knowledge. Yeah. So I, I started real quick. I'll tie these two things together. So my corporate life ties into when I started podcasting because it's the 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 vehicle, if you will, that got me out of corporate was podcasting. So it, it overlaps quite a bit. So I did 15 years in aerospace, like I said, and quick disclaimer, because anyone listening is probably thinking I was an astronaut, skydiver or fighter pilot. I'm guessing nanogels and like ball space parts, like uh, plane parts. That uh, it was. So it was all below the atmosphere and it was okay. it was all aircraft part manufacturing. And so for me, I, I never even the facility I worked at was was corporate and we had no airplanes there. We weren't even on a runway. We weren't anywhere near an airport for that matter. I hate flying, by the way. So I would love that part of the job. Go ahead. Yeah, and I worked behind a computer and I, I worked my way up from being a part time receiving guy, like in the uh, just receiving raw materials that are coming in to being an executive of the company by the time that I left. And it was the company started off fairly small, but got bought, got sold, all those things and grew along the way and ended up being part of a multi-billion dollar organization. So sitting like on this C-suite level for me was like a, a dream. And I was by a long shot, the youngest guy. But uh, I remember at year 13 is when I decided I was like, you know what? I, I, I think it's time for me to go. And there was a really specific reason for that. Actually, that's when we were public. And what happened was I, I in my head, I kicked my, my bosses, who was the CEO. That's what I reported directly to. I kicked down his uh-huh. door to go in there and ask him like, or to tell him something. I didn't really kick down his door. I knocked on it very politely. And I came bet you wouldn't even be able to kick down a door. Or like, it seems right. easier than it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you call me small man? Come on. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. You can in my kick head, down a door better than me. In my head, I had this idea that, you know, like I was going to walk in with a cigar. Anyway, the reason I was doing all that is I walked in because I was so excited because we saved 10% across one of the divisions that I managed. I managed five divisions of the company, yeah. and one of them saved like 10%, which, again, we're talking that that wasn't a billion dollar department sure. or division of the company but like it was it was huge you said and public so was, though did that mean you went through an ipo or did you were you already yeah. public oh yeah yeah, okay. yeah. I, I played a big role in that actually which was really a fun experience for me but um anyway when i was sitting there i was uh i could tell he wasn't as excited as i was i was like hey did you see like those numbers he's like yeah i saw them and i was like we we saved more than 10 percent. we didn't lose that because i could just hear it in his voice he's like no i know he's like but the shareholders and board are not happy about it because we didn't mention that we we're going to be doing that. And they could have been selling stocks at a higher level. And so you have to mention that. And like it, the face that for anyone listening, Ben is like closing eyes, shaking his head. And that's exactly how I felt. The war- I hate corporate America. It's the worst. It just strangles everything. I love that you left orbit or whatever the hell you want to call it. You went to space with podcasting, not through your own 
the aerospace company, but go ahead. Well said. Well said. I need you to help me refine my story. Um, <laughs> anyway, in that moment, I walked back to my office and it wasn't, I, my office wasn't really far from him, but it felt like the longest walk I'd ever taken in that building. And in my mind, I was just saying, I think it's time for me to go. And, and one disclaimer I have here is this was year 13. I left at year 15. So I'll tell you, there's a bunch of failures before I end up leaving. Uh, but in addition to that, I'm a firm believer that the way you end one season is the way you begin the next. So I wanted to end on a really good foot. My mm -hmm. last few years at that company were my best out of all of them. And I, I applied myself all the way through, but those last few, I left in such good terms with the company. As a matter of fact, a senior guy retired a year after I had left the organization to pursue podcasting full-time. And I was the only outside guy they asked to come back to speak at his going away party that they were doing. And so wow. again, for me, it was, it was cool to be able to say, you know what? I left on good terms. Like I have a good legacy there and that the foot you leave on is what the foot you start on. Um, anyway, so yeah. And then podcasting, like I started the idea real quick was like to start a side hustle mm -hmm. at year 13, right. Of being that job. And after the walk of shame, after the walk of shame. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I couldn't get anything to work, Ben. Like I, I couldn't like talking about failure okay. guy. Like I felt like I was like, man, how am I so good in this job? I'm the executive level, the youngest executive at this company that they've ever had by a long shot, but I can't seem to make anything work to bring in even a dollar for myself. Are you talking about podcasting specifically or any side hustle? No, this was pre-podcasting, but definitely starting to try the side hustle thing. Let's put it that way. I bet they were good ideas. It just takes a while. I think I didn't realize that. And that's there's a lot of wisdom what you just said. Really, the key to, I believe, success is consistency, right? Staying consistent and the results eventually overpower the, the level of consistency that you pursue at. Of course, it needs to be like- Good idea. You can't just say anything. It's got to be an idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, I think I more so was learning what I didn't like. And this is a concept that you're aware of, but failing forward is okay. And so I, I started, I, I actually, I don't know why, but like designing websites through WordPress, I thought was really fun. So I started like a, on the side. Same here, but just for two seconds, meaning my site is still on WordPress, but it's outdated in like nice. eight years or something. <laughs> well, I started like, so I, I built one and then I started actually getting clients and immediately I had a, a handful of them, but I'll tell you what the very first client I started working with, the first one to give me like a really big check, no offense to her, she was a nightmare client. And I, I knew from then on, everyone else who was, I was like, hey, when I'm done with this project, I'll work with you. I told them, no, I don't want to do it. Just because I was like, this is, this is awful. Like I could not imagine this being my life. And some people are like, listen, bad clients are just part of it. And they're okay with that. They must have thicker skin than I do. But anyway. Or just don't like confrontation. Because my thing is, I, I have no boundaries. Like, But that's <laughs> what you learn to do, set boundaries most likely. Because that's the only way you can stop a right. just client from taking all your time. Yep. Uh, but for me, it's more like, um, I'd rather see what happens when you say yes, rather than I know what happens when you, I don't really know what happens when you set a boundary. But I imagine things stop happening and you do more productive things. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So after that, like, I, I don't want to get into all these little things because they're all about the same. I started doing some coaching uh, and some consulting in the aerospace industry, but I realized like I wanted out of that and that where I was getting these consulting gigs where people could afford it were other big companies. So I'm like, I'm just doing- To talk about aerospace it. stuff or what? Yeah. Yeah. Super boring stuff. It was more like operations. So I was- uh, what was, I don't even remember my title. Director of Commercial Operations was like my technical title. And so I always talked about like building things, structures, processes, all that. Uh, profit Did you feel margins. like you were being yourself when you were uh, yeah. evangelizing the way of aerospace, um, KPIs, or whatever the hell you were talking about? I don't yeah. Know what it yeah. Mean. No, that's exactly what I felt. And and not that I didn't like it, but I again, I wasn't being true to the direction I wanted to go. I was like, wait a minute, I'm telling myself I want to get out of this. So I'm doing more of it to get out of it. That doesn't add up. So I, I stopped doing that. I started mm -hmm. speaking and then I, I love speaking, but like, I couldn't see myself being a traveling 
speaker and, and getting paid to speak and stuff like that. Not that I didn't want to, but it just, it didn't seem like the lane I yeah. wanted to be in. And, and for some people, like I have friends that that's what they do and they love it. But I could tell by chatting with them, they're like, oh, how fun was it? I'm like, I hate flying <laughs> money with what I worked in. Right. I'm like, I hate flying. I don't like staying in hotels. Some of these cities I don't enjoy. I'm like, oh, but you got to like, just embrace the culture and love it. I'm like, clearly I'm not made for this. And so again, yeah. like these things, they just all like weren't working. And, and See, I love that, but I didn't even think it was an option. I didn't know you could go around talking, hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm excited that it's an option. People yeah, out there, is. if you're listening, it's an option. It's just not a very well known option or an easy route in any sense. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, so I've, I've had the opportunity. Well, I heard you, I've heard you speak twice and uh, they might be the only two times as of this date that you've spoken. Am I right? I've or had no? one public speech at PodFest, yep. which you saw the recording of and then I have yeah. done a three stand-up open mics so far. Okay, so you've done, but you listen, saw the second one. The third one I did bomb. <laughs> did you, okay, nice. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying you have a, tr like for someone that has, like you have a gift is all I'm getting at. Like, so if you're someone who's like, yeah, full-time speaking is in my future, I could actually see someone like you actually crushing it in that space. So just well, I'm only focusing on being comfortable on stage and not caring because for the longest time, like if I knew a camera was on me and I was being recorded, I'd be hyper focused in my head on the fact that I'm being recorded. This is going to be seen. Like I was doing this whole internal monologue. Now, especially after we're having the failure license plate for like a year and a half and wondering what everyone thinks is the drive by you, like you eventually stop caring. So like enough <laughs> exposure therapy to like not caring what people think means I'm focusing on that part first, then getting better at comedy or what I'm going to say is secondary to me than to feeling mm -hmm. comfortable in the element, which is, is one of the harder things for me. So that's why I'm focusing on that. So yeah. I'm hoping at least coming in as a first time speaker, I look more comfortable. I might be less prepared, <laughs> but I'm going for comfort, you know, and I was yeah, glad then he got to see mine. He, he ran from the airport. I was number 16 speaker in the Pichu Kucha ones. And he, came right before I went on and then I went and hugged him afterwards. He's all sweaty, but <laughs> understandably so. Cause it was very hot. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orlando, Florida is where that was at for anyone listening. Yeah, exactly. Plus he ran from the airport. I mean, it was funny to me cause he has so many better things he could be doing than trying to make sure he would get to my thing. So it meant a lot to me. And, uh, and I'm sure, you know, from talking with him a bunch and being good friends with him that, uh, he's just one of the best people. I can't, I'm going to give him a special thanks on IMDb for this episode, just cause I'm talking Please. about him right now. Yeah. No, Vinny's one of my favorite people ever. So yeah, I, I, I have, I have a spot for, for Vinny. Let's put it that way. So one of my favorite people uh, just cares, like clearly that your, his priority was to get to hear you talk. And I, I love that. The empathy he has is impressive, yeah. admirable for sure. So did you, you said you tried to do some of the speaking stuff, but it's mostly in the aerospace thing. What other kind of, Things were you trying to get going at the moment? You said a lot of those side hustles didn't work. What were your uh, your ideas? I've had some really wacky ideas. I've at one point I've had like twenty different business cards. I wanted to be like the guy in New York who has all the watches, but instead I have a business. Whatever you need, what kind? Of, what do you need? Oh yeah, I'm in that guy right now. You know. <laughs> so uh, what were some of the ideas? Because it was cheaper to get ten dollars for a hundred business cards than a website sometimes. But nice. what, it's not bad. what, uh, what ideas did you have? Any wacky ideas when you're nothing, nothing that, no, I wouldn't say anything that crazy. I mean, I started doing like some blogging and consulting in that space as well. Cause blogging was big. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, um, what year is this? 2000. I don't remember the year actually. It all gets blurry, but this is 2010, maybe 11, 12, okay. something like that. So it's, it's something around there. That's I, I about when I started my online training and stuff. Cause like it was mostly no offense to the world, but mostly Indian dudes teaching Excel and like, 
talking for way too long. So I was like, I'll be more to the point and all this and fun and other things, but right. there wasn't a lot of competition. And then right. now there's like an infinite amount of competition for anybody who's starting on anything really online. But uh, right. that sounds about right. Uh, yeah. So I started blogging back then, but I didn't start like actually talking about it and training on it until 2015, 16. So like, not, not that I was like super late, but podcasting mm -hmm. was a thing. Funny enough, I didn't know much about podcasting, but I did well in that. I didn't do anything weird or crazy like with, with any of that. I just started like, oh, come on. Not even a little bit, man. I, you didn't like go to get, try to get a bridge named after you or some weird. Ridiculous no, yeah. no, I, I think I was, I'll be real. Like I was really afraid of failing. Like I really was. So I think I just played to my strengths when really I shouldn't have. Mm. The podcast was the first thing that actually pulled me out of my strength. I'll be real. And it's the thing that worked, which how funny is that? Right. That's like, what happens. Yeah. You stretch I, your comfort zone and yeah. I mean, and I know you started off asking about that, but like what I finally did, like after all these, again, no, no weird, weird or crazy ideas, but like I tried all these different things and just they didn't stick or I didn't like them. And uh, I tried doing some online community building stuff. Just nothing seemed to like flow right. So what I did is I decided like, I'm clearly not good at this entrepreneur thing. So I'm going to start it. Get this. This is Here's my craziest idea. You ready? I'm going to okay. start a podcast to talk to people who have successfully left a nine to five job to see how they did it. And I don't have to pay them a lot of money to get coaching from them. And selfishly, that's, that's why I started a podcast. <laughs> yeah, same here. Kind of. I mean, I was like, I know my failures, which is like getting fired from every job, but I don't know other brands of failures. Plus, I can interview successful people and get a free hour of coaching or whatever the thing is, especially at the beginning. It's mostly life coaches and stuff. But right. Uh, but I also wanted to get good at a lot of my public, my like speech issues, which would be not listening enough, interrupting, mumbling. If I got to edit it too, it's a pain in the ass if I'm interrupting every time because I, I do go move <laughs> it, but it just takes forever to get out. Um, so I was selfishly doing it for those things too. But was your first podcast idea the one that you kept with or did you have any? I had, I don't even know if I mentioned it. I had a Mad TV podcast with a friend. We were going to watch every episode of Mad TV in order. We did one and we couldn't handle each other. We couldn't even deal with working with each other and that got canned. But I'm glad I didn't have a Mad TV podcast for more than one episode but i mean did you have any false starts with that yeah the one i just described actually wasn't it and i, I kind of blocked this out of my memory if i can <laughs> real bad. so i did one I, I think i called it digital coaching sessions because so many people that were bloggers had no clue how to use anything other than a wordpress blog like they're like what is social media should i have it and again this is like 2016 yep. 17 where i'm like yo it's time, right? Uh -huh. So I started just doing like a short coaching session. It was awful. I didn't know anything about technology. And again, like coming in aerospace, like I knew I knew how to make something fly. Let's put it that way. But that's about uh -huh. all I knew how to do. So like I recorded it on my phone and now phones have gotten better. But just think back to 2017 and, and yep. like the quality of the mic. And I was like, you know what? The car doesn't seem to have any echo. I'll record in the car. <laughs> it's like the worst spot you can record. Like, so it sounded terrible. I was it running? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes, it was running. I'm sorry. Because I need the AC because it was hot. And so you could hear the AC running. Oh, man. And so I did like 13 episodes of that. I was like, this is dumb. And I stopped. And then like a year later is my return to saying, you know what? Maybe there was something there and I hated it. But yeah. I'm maybe I could just talk to someone like Ben who can like teach me that it's okay to fail. You can still fail forward and succeed eventually, right? Yeah. As long as you learn from those mistakes, you did those 13 episodes or whatever. It was probably a stupid waste of time in your mind, but it probably led you to actually doing the thing eventually. 100% because it, it all that it did, I'd say, like I didn't even get good from it. All it did was tell me that there was that, that was truly an option and it was a lane that I could go into. Yeah. The, the next time I did it, I remember like 
I procrastinated for nine months. Like I knew I, I knew I needed to, knew I wanted to, but I'm like, but what if one of these other things works and then I don't have to like do the thing that makes me scared. And then like, I don't have to be transparent and tell people I failed. Like I call it podcrastinating. If you want to use pod, that one, podcastinating. feel free to use that. <laughs> TM pending. <laughs> oh man. And the craziest thing is you don't need permission. Anybody listening, just go do it. Right. You really don't. No one can stop you even as far as I can tell. Yeah, no, that's especially like I'm not doing anything controversial. Like it wasn't like something that that was going to get any press or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, the the crazy thing happened is I started being transparent. People like, wow, I always thought that you were like kind of perfect because you've done so well in aerospace. I didn't know you were doing these side hustles. I wasn't sharing it. Like if I can be real, because I was like self-conscious about it. And first off, airing it out to a guest was like it actually kind of turned into like Alex therapy session at first. And disclaimer. It was a good, po- it's still, you do a lot of disclaimers. That's your third disclaimer. I know, man. I, like I'm going to cap you at three disclaimers. Please, this is my last on, one. You're going to have to, you're going to have to just let it fly from here on out and you don't even get to disclaim. You're right. My show was good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That's that, that is my last one. And you're right. Thank you for calling me out on that. My show was good. I promise. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I just don't disclaim anything. I'm just like, yeah, I'm an idiot, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the, or what were you saying? Sorry. Oh yeah. My, my last disclaimer that I'm allowed to use, maybe I'll save it for another time. I'm just kidding. Um, is it, my show was actually good. So I'm calling it a therapy session for Alex. And so Alex can learn oh, yeah. how to do this, but it was a good show. Like I put the well, time so into vulnerability it. is sometimes yeah. it's just yeah. getting uncomfortable. It might feel like a therapy session, but that's what people need to hear. I felt like since I was teaching Excel online, I needed to not be a guy who was fired from all of his jobs. Cause why would you want to learn a job skill from someone who can't, but I just got really good at the software and not the corporate politics. And I just can't, I can't handle it. Um, and I don't know if it's what it is, but, uh, you know, that's the ongoing uh, struggle to figure out what's going on. But it, it made me become an entrepreneur because yeah, they literally said, stop trying. Get the hell out of here, please. For the sixth time, I got fired from six jobs, five until I started the podcast. So, like, meaning, I don't if know if I wanted to go back, I can't even. But, like, if the first company kept me, I probably would still be there kind of like you were in aerospace for so long, like KPMG and public accounting was where I first started. I've seen people there like 20, you know, 20 something years. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but I don't think I would have been able to quit. You know, I was just a quiet quitting hipster is what I like to say. I was doing it before it was cool. And I would just get fired eventually from all those things. Sometimes it was for worse issues, but you get the point. I I realized, okay, I got to start because I was lying to myself. After it took me five to even realize I was fired from all of them because I would just lie in the next interview and then whitewash over the pain, you know, Irish Catholic style would just jam it down and don't ever talk about it. So it seems like you were realizing that once you started letting some of this more vulnerable side out because everyone thought you were just a rock star that uh, you actually got more respect from people. Yeah, it, it increased my credibility. And I didn't think I thought it would discredit me. Like what you're talking about, like with deciding, hey, I'm I'm just not a corporate guy. Like some people, are like, oh, he, he stopped. I mean, you coin yourself failure guy, so you've you've given yourself permission. World's number one failure is what I went for. Like that sounds so stupid, right? Yeah. If you type that in Google, your name comes up. I know. By the way, which is fun. anyway, Alexa now answers it when I ask her. That was one of my stupid goals at the beginning <laughs> was to make sure that she answers it. But, but your, to answer your question again, yes, like absolutely. I thought that it was gonna. All it did is show my humanity and we're all human. Yes. Right. Anyone who's going to be listening to this and get something out of this is human. And they're not like, oh, these two guys are too imperfect for me. Like that's just not human. 
and I, I don't know if it was my upbringing. I'm not blaming my parents. I had fantastic parents. If there's blame them, don't disclaim. That was almost a disclaimer. Mini disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. That wasn't a disclaimer. That's. I'm just saying. I'm not blaming my parents. Um, but maybe it was someone with the way I was up, like brought up that yeah. I thought I needed to be perfect. And there's a little bit of perfectionism that's always been in me for some reason. Don't know why it's there. But the more I let that go and just kind of admit that, hey, I tried this and it didn't work and I'm struggling here, but I want to be able to be, I want to go there and I'm stuck here right now. I'm going to try to figure out how to get there, go on that journey with me. The more I do that, the more human I'm showing myself to be. And that's, that is what adds value to people. And for a while, we we thought the opposite, even when we're doing our marketing online, like everything has to be polished and perfect. Mm -hmm. That stuff isn't doing well anymore. Even like the big celebrities, when they have like a really can like a a picture that's supposed to look candid, but it's not because you can tell the camera is just everything's perfect. Yeah, those don't even get near the engagement as the selfie that's out of focus with some of these people now because people want the human element in everything now. Yeah, especially as things get more and more perfect, the ugly stuff is what appeals. But then people start doing the fake ugly stuff. It's just going to be some weird cycle where we're going to keep going <laughs> flip-flopping back and forth. We can't talk about this. I got to, we can't go into that rabbit hole. Let's stay focused here. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm struggling sometimes. I'm like, Oh, do I leave this failure in the podcast or not for the listener experience? Like if I mess up a bunch, do I leave it in? There's all sorts of weird like thoughts about uh, my, I make my guests sound good, but if I mess up their name. I always I leave it in. I do all sorts of stupid things. So that's the failure piece. And I don't even know what I'm doing. I literally plan no questions at all. And sometimes I do no research. Sometimes I don't even know if I'm going to be a host or a guest on a podcast or I'm just having a chat with somebody. But yours, of course, I knew what I was doing before. Oh, I thought I was the host here today. Wait <laughs> yeah, welcome to your show. Here we <laughs> right? <go. laughs> no, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. And one of the things that I'll, I'll mention here is when we're showing up online, it's important that we show up as close to who we actually are in person as possible. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, if ever like we've met, but let's imagine we haven't, if I got the opportunity to meet you and your podcast was so highly edited, perfect, like I would meet you and be like, I don't feel like I know you because it wouldn't, it wouldn't resonate, right? It wouldn't be the same thing. And you want people like me too, when people meet me to know I'm going to be loud, I'm going to talk fast, I'm going to give disclaimers, obviously, right? Like right. those are things that Alex Sanfilippo is going to do. Disclaimers are coming. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm going to start with that next time. I should have <laughs> began with that. No, but the point is like you, you're seeing what you're going to get. Right. And I think that that, again, people looking to do business with other humans, like that's what makes it valuable. And I'll be real. Failure is one of the biggest parts of being human. Mm -hmm. And so it sucks because right after you feel it, like you don't, you can't really share it all that much because you're too hurt from it. But then also when you get out of it, you don't want to talk about it again either. So like a lot of times, A, because everyone's curating their own highlight reel of their own lives and pretending like everything's good. But when you're out of it, you don't want to go back and be like, hey, let's talk about all the stupid things I did before. I Now I'm good. Like, let's talk about the good things. But really, people need to hear that, like, it's a struggle. It's You're not always going to find the right answer. It's going to be a meandering path that brings you there. And you never know what the weird thing you decide to do might end up being the, like, if I become, if I become whatever, successful in whatever way by being the world's number one failure, despite having a master's in business and working in corporate finance and accounting for 15 years and all this other stuff. If doing the dumb thing is what makes it work, I will just laugh myself to death because it's so funny that that's the thing that works. I'm still paying off my student loans, but if I can say I'm the worst enough in a way that makes sense to people, it could help out, you know, it's just so counterintuitive that I think a lot of the things that creative people do most people wouldn't even think to do, but then if they don't, they did think to do it, they wouldn't do it 
out of fear right. of failure, which I think is what you were saying was stopped you a lot of those times. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's what kept me from nine months, not doing the podcast. I mean, you and I both know that, and anyone who's like, well, how long does it take to start a podcast? You can start a podcast in like two days, like if you yep. needed to. Right. So like nine months, I was telling myself I was doing something, but the truth is I was just stalling to not yeah. have to put myself out there, not to admit that I had made mistakes. But the second I did, I literally never looked back. And I'm still not like, I don't know if it comes, I guess for you, I feel like you've really discovered some self-mastery in this space, but you're like, you're okay with saying I failed at this. That to me sometimes is still really difficult to say, but I just know that if I can bring myself to say it, someone is going to resonate with that versus I hit the lottery every time I do or touch mm -hmm. anything. Right. Cause then everyone's like, okay, so obviously he's some sort of angel, right? Like, which well, it's because I think, so you're very smart. I'm just going to tell you that I'm very smart. I'm going to tell myself that because enough people have told me it that I know it's true and smart people are supposed to know that they don't know anything really because they know how much there is to know about things. So like, that's even easier to then not have to know everything and to embrace it. While still being smart, it's like uh, the easiest thing ever. Like once you realize what the requirements are, I don't have to be right all the time, which I used to do. I used to like care about like board games. If we were going to play a board game, I would actually make sure I try to win. Now, why would I ever do that? It's a board game. Why wouldn't I try to have fun? But I still sometimes get competitive, of course, especially if someone, someone else is. But point is like thinking about like what is the point of life? have more fun is usually the answer, but a lot of times we go about it and we don't always prioritize that. So I'm trying to do that more than most things. And I always try to find a balance. Like is 10 emails too many email addresses I have? Like, and then I realize, yeah, it's way too many. I got to get prepared down, but I can't even get, <laughs> get it down. Like I, I always like to try things mess up, learn from it and then move on. Cause I can't just take someone's word for it. A lot of the times I have to really mess it up myself in order to, to feel it which I'm hoping other people can gain from the stories because, but I, I really have to like mess it up myself. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if I look back at all, like the, the few little like side hustles I talked about specifically and stuff, I look back at each of those on paper failure, right? Like it was, but I'm not a failure. And there's a big difference in claiming yourself as a failure or what you're doing is failing. And mm -hmm. I go back to each of those things, like learning to do a little basic web design, learning to teach people about social media, learning to speak, learning to coach, right? I'm not doing anything in those fields anymore, but I bring all that to where I am today. And it's made me a much better leader and educator in my space that I'm in, which is podcasting. Even though they don't necessarily look like they relate, those little experiences that again, seemingly were something that caused me to, to lose some confidence to fail. I'm later mm -hmm. on able to leverage them as now. No, that's, that's something I've got in my belt, right? Like that's my belt buckle. That's one of my tools, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go. And because I've, I've seen it and you know what you're good at and what you're not good at too, which is great. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's a journey. Cause for me, like I worked for 15 years doing financial planning and analysis. And I joked, I don't like taking my work home with me cause I hate following the rules of my own money. So I know if I ever get money, I'm paying someone immediately to be my own accountant, even though I went to school for kind of, cause like I can't, if it's someone else's rule uh, money, I can easily tell them what to do and do all the right things. When it's my money, it's like all bets are off wild cards behind the wheel. So, uh, meaning I tried to, I've heard that a lot, by the way, from financial like advisors and stuff like that. I know I think it's cause I was so tapped out. I don't know what that is there. You know, you get to the end of the day, you're so tapped out of thinking about finances. You don't even want to apply it to your own life, but that's just a cop out. Honestly, it's just cause it's more fun. 
to do wacky stuff and, <laughs> and to know the right answer and not follow it. I don't know. Somebody who hired you years ago is like listening to this and they're like, what have I done with my life? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure that happens a lot. Or at least if they even hear the name of the show, like, oh man, world's number one failure. I used to pay him a bunch of money or something. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. And a lot of people judge this thing before they experience what it is. A lot of people are like, I hate the word failure. I hate mistakes. All of a sudden, like have a negative view towards it. I only think the real true definition of failure is not doing something out of fear of it, like you talked about, or messing up and not learning from it and just like amnesia-ing yourself about it. Yeah. Not the way to do it. You got to learn. You got to pay the cost. You might as well learn the lesson from it. So is there like a, um, in your career, is there like a, a specifically costly lesson that you learned where either you put a lot of your ego on the line or a lot of money on the line or something where you're like, this is definitely going to work. And then it totally did do what you expected. Yeah. I, I'm going to think for a second here because it's, there, there's a lot of them. Absolutely. So I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the recent one. We kind of talked about aerospace and side hustles. Like at some point my, my podcast ended up making it and, Actually, you know, I'll summarize real quick what I learned about entrepreneurship uh, over Please like how to do it. So it's I'm gonna, oh, way oversimplify it. So the 158 guests I had on that show, I'm so sorry. I'm simplifying your life's story here. But basically, you find an area of passion. You get into the community in that area of passion. You find a simple problem that that community is struggling with. And then you offer a simple solution to that problem. So it goes passion, community, problem, solution. And you just try these things over and over again. And the thing is... I got into podcasting and I started speaking on podcasting stages because my show did really well. People resonate with the fact that Alex had failed multiple times and still wants to show up and learn, right? And people mm -hmm. just kind of saw that. And eventually I got the opportunity not just to be in the community, but also to ask them what they're struggling with. And people said, I'm having trouble finding guests for my show. And I, the, the rest is history. We created PyMatch, which is literally a service that works, for lack of a better term, just like a dating app. But instead of connecting for dates, it connects podcast guests and hosts together for interviews based off what they're looking for and what their expertise is. That way you can find those right people. We built that out. And like, it, it may have seemed like a slam dunk because people were like, oh, you're like an overnight success. I'm like, first off, no, because there's no such thing. But like, you should have seen the last three years of like grinding and failure I had along the way. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, right when it launched, we saw, we did see immediate success when it did finally launch. But my first mistake was not doing anything with the data. So I told my business partner slash developer, I'm like, hey, the next thing we've got to add is this piece to it. It was something really specific and it was really highly technical. I, I'm not even going to get into that. But mm -hmm. basically it was an add-on that I, I just knew and knew and knew that people wanted. But what I didn't do is validate the problem like I knew that I should have, like we did when we created the software. I sent him out on an eight-month eight journey to do something that we shut back down it took us three months to shut it down afterwards. So he built it for eight months and then shut it down for three. And man, when you're first starting off, that is not the thing to do, right? Like we launched, we should have been focusing on small continuous improvement, but instead I sent him on this, this crazy quest. And I'll tell you what, I now, at, like I was a full-time entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shoot, I'm still not equipped to do this. I'm still failing. Like what if, what if this thing goes under? Cause now it's his family, my family, like we're all on the line now. Yeah. Like, there's people trusting us. I'll tell you what, like I've never shared this before on any podcast, but like in that moment, I immediately thought like, how do I get out of this? Like, I've got to give this to somebody else because I'm clearly mm -hmm. not equipped for this anymore. And I'll, man, it was, that was a tough season for me. I'll be real. How does it take three months to get with someone to stop working or whatever the hell that meant? We built it so like it touched every part of the software. Oh, you had to unglue it all. And you had to unglue it all and tear it all apart and break this to fix it. Right. And it was 
Uh, the fact that he still works with me it blows oh, my mind nice. after that, right? He's like, Alex, he's like, he's probably he's like, like, I need to have something to show for this. I can't do a year. Right. Of his first question, his first comment was when I told him to do it, he goes, this is irreversible. He goes, are you a hundred percent sure? I'm like a thousand percent sure we got to do it. And then nine months later, I'm like, this has to go away. Where's the reverse button right now. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I, but here's the thing. You want to know what I learned from that? Again, that was terrifying and I felt yeah. inadequate. But if I can, I don't know if you want me to fast forward this. You had a question there before I jump into. No, don't fast forward anything. Do whatever the normal pace is. Okay. The normal pace hey, play. is for me to, t- to tell you that it took me once again, sitting down, self-reflecting and realizing, you know what? Like even the greatest achievers on the planet have made more mistakes then successes happen. They're just willing to make more mistakes so they can get to the next success. Mm-hmm. And, and that truthfully is what I've seen is just like, Hey, if I can make 10 mistakes or a hundred, that's great because for every one of those is getting me closer to a, a success. And what I learned in that time was that there's two types of decisions. This is like literally my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. There is an open door decision and a closed door decision. Open door. Decision. This. Yeah, okay. is, is this a Jeff Bezosism? It is. Yes. And I learned that because I was seeking that again through my podcast. I was talking to people and I was like, maybe I heard it from you. I don't even know anymore how things work. I might've heard you say it somewhere else. No, no, this is from Bezos because I I brought a guy on my podcast. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Mm -hmm. He had a book titled The Bezos Letters. And I wanted to talk to him about what Jeff was talking about in his yearly, um, what was like open letter to shareholders. Uh And he dissected every one of them he had done. And basically what Jeff had come up with is through making a ton of freaking mistakes, by the way, like more than we could possibly imagine. That's why he won so much is because he made more mistakes than most of us. But he, he, he came to the conclusion. This is what I learned as well from that interview. Again, going back to that being my own therapy, right? There's two types of decisions, open door and closed door. Open door means you walk through it. If it doesn't work and you don't like what you see, you can walk right back out and go into the next door. Closed door means you walk into it. You cannot reverse and what I didn't know is that that conversation with my business partner, Jesse, telling him we have to do this was a closed door decision. But I should have realized that because he said there's no going back, mm-hmm. which means closed door. If it's closed door, you better put all the time and energy into it. You better test it like it's a new product. If you're doing software, whatever it is, go all out, right? Because if you fail, there will be repercussions there. Yeah. But I learned that, Matt. And so now when we've had way bigger opportunities and we're like, this was years ago. So we're playing at a much higher level now. Now we test all this stuff. People are like, how do you all win over and over again? I'm like, because... There's open door and closed door. And I would have never learned that. And I might've made that big mistake. It was three years ago. I might've made that today, which would cost me way more now if I didn't learn it early on back then. I am 100% sure I didn't hear Jeffrey Bezos say it. And I'm like 95% plus sure that I've heard you tell it maybe on a thing. I was on some weird thing with you and another guy one time. And I think you were talking about it. Maybe I was. But it's funny that I wouldn't even, because I don't listen to Jeff Bezos talk about anything. So I'm pretty sure... And the way you said it is the way I say it to people. And I never credit you because I don't know where the hell I heard it. I know it was Jeff <laughs> Bezos, so that was the source. <laughs> you um, want to use it as a source yourself. You got this, Ben. This is all you. <laughs> yeah, I just like to know what if I'm even right when I talk sometimes because I just sometimes repeat what other people said. But I did want to mention a book to you. Have you read The War of Art? Not The Art of War by Sun Tzu, but The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I have it on my shelf. I'm literally looking at it right now. I have not read it. It is on my to-do list part of the shelf. That is the book that talks about the nine months that you spent not making the podcast. It's all about resistance and overcoming creative struggle. And it's a really good book for that type of thing. And so anybody out there who's, who's, you know, procrastinating 
with under the veil of it being better because of it. Uh, a lot of times that's just us giving into resistance. And I, I'd uh, suggest that book highly and since it's already in your possession and your eyesight area, basically take a gander at it. I can't, I literally can't read books. I need to do the audio book and then I give someone the physical copy and I'm like, read this book, even though it doesn't look opened. I read this book. Right. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a good yeah. suggestion for everybody. Um, before we get to the last two questions, which are forward looking or current time based, is there anything else on the concept of failure or any of your historical failures that you want to mention before we get into like the more present forward looking stuff? Yeah. The, the, the thing that I'll mention and that really helped me a lot is taking courage because when you do fail, it, it at least for me, and I, I have to imagine we're all somewhat similar to this. It, it's an ego blow. It hurts. It makes us feel inadequate. Like maybe we shouldn't even try. Like all these things come up. And what I've learned over the years is to take courage. And what courage means to me is being afraid, then doing what you have to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So it just means like, you know what? Like I'm terrified of this because I've messed up so many times, but I'm going to take courage. I'm afraid, but I'm going to step into it and do what I need to do anyway. And the way I've been able to do that is not take courage for Alex Sanfilippo. It's to take courage because I think I can serve somebody with what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as we have that service mindset of like, I'm here to help, I'm here to serve, yeah. not to be served. If we can have that mindset, taking courage makes more sense, right? So I, I think that that's the main thing I've probably taken away over the years is to to just not give up hope, take mm-hmm. courage. We're um, uh, friends, friends of failure, as you said, when we started <laughs> off, right? Like I'm one of those, but at the end yeah. of the day, we can't become failure. We can be friends of it by continuing to drive forward. Yep. You just got to be comfortable, more comfortable with it than you'd like is really right. what you end up That's finding out. Perfectly said, man. That's great. And like doing stand up is exactly what you said. You have to be terrified, but just do it anyways. Cause there's no way around that type of thing. Or at least that's the most I've felt that is when it's like, okay, it's my time to go pretend to be funny in front of people and they're going to judge me every, and it's mostly comedians too. Cause you're in, at an open mic with mostly other people. So it's, it's an interesting um, thing to feel, but the doing it anyways is the, is the interesting part. And then if you mess up and I, like I did, said, the last one was a bomb. I haven't rewatched that video cause I want to get a good one under my belt before I relive that one. But either way, I know it's not as bad as I think I'm going to talk it up in my head, but I like having low expectations almost like I won't get any laugh. I, I try to have the lowest expectations possible because then if I, if I ride that out and it won't be that, you know, I'm pretty good. Right. So being guests on the show, you get a get out of fail free card. So I'm going to hand this to the interwebs to you. Okay. Now get out of fail free card. So it's like the monopoly card, but totally irrelevant except for the, the look of it and all that jazz. So get out of fail free card. Right now, as you today, is there a hobby, a passion, a thing, something you wish you could do? Maybe it's be a Marvel superhero in a movie. I don't know. I have no idea what it would be. I was stand-up comedy. Now I've finally done it. I'd still fail, but I would use my get out of fail free card to make that easier on me. Is there something you think you'd be good at, but you don't pursue because of the amount of failure that's involved in it? And it could be literally anything. I've always thought they'd be really fun to be a formula racer, like formula one racer. And I, I here's the thing. Why I didn't, is it fun? I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of left turns. Can you explain to me what seems fun well, about it? Yeah. So 
I, I, I didn't like watch the TV show because apparently there's like a TV show that now a bunch of people say they want to be formula drivers because I think Netflix came out with a series on it. I've literally said this since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but when Speed I was a racer kid or something, or what'd you excuse want? me? Speed racer. Or what was your ins- original inspiration? I think I saw a really fast car one day as a kid and I was just like, mom, can we get one of those? And she's like, no, we're, we're poor, honey. Right. Mm. So that was how the conversation went. But uh, it's, it's a, there's a very high barrier to entry, but uh, driving cars and even it, it's interesting, like it's not the same, but driving like the really fast go-karts, like we have a go-kart place here where I live that goes, they go 65 miles an hour. And my first time doing that, I set like a Florida record. Like I was the 10th fastest person to ever go a lap. It was like first, someone's like, how'd you know how to like professional racers don't do that? And it was just like, it just makes sense in my mind. But again, the barrier to entry is so high. I've always yeah. been like, eh, I don't know. Right. And like, I even have a, a buddy of mine who's, um, I, I won't call him a buddy, an acquaintance. Uh, he He's created Ruby on rails. I'm going to uh, upgrade him. Yeah, David David Hanmeyer Hansen, known by DHH. I asked uh-huh. him because he's the. I mean, he's created Basecamp, created like all oh, these yeah. giant softwares, right? I, he's a amateur racer as well. He probably wouldn't want me to say that. Uh, minor he's league a racer. Am. A pro am. There we go. Something. I don't know what he is. Dude, you're too but worried anyway. about pissing me love. Just say he's a. He's don't a, make sure he doesn't hear this. I love the, know what he's doing. I the love the guy, but I asked him. Like, I got on a call with him. I'm like. Man, tell, like this is the first time we were talking. I'm like, man, you got to tell me about this. Is it cool? He goes, eh, it's a really expensive hobby. He goes, it's a lot of fun. He goes, but it is a ton of money. I was like, ah, can you, you sponsor know, so, and just be the guy in the seat? Is that a possibility? I think I'm too old. I don't know. Is there? A, does it matter? I think it does. From, it's the G force of you holding your hands there. I don't know what the what the and the hand eye coordination. I imagine. Yeah, and the um, thing is, like, I'm not like an on rails experience helps out. But. I, I'm not like, a, I, and I'm not like a really core. That's the other thing. I'm not like a, a super athletic guy. Like, I work out, so you people always like, like you are. That's what everyone always says, and like, I hate well, doing. No one sports. says that to me, by the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I play pickup sports, I get picked first. Sometimes I'm like, no, why'd you do that? And like, dude, look at you. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, watch when I'm how I'm gonna try to catch <laughs> or kick this ball. Like, it's admit- anyway. I don't know, but for some reason, being behind a wheel like that has always. Anytime I've gotten to do it, it's been a blast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been always one of those things that like I think would be a very interesting alternative life, life right? Like if I could have two, that yeah. would be the other way I'd go. Would you try NASCAR too? I know I drove by Kansas Speedway the other day, which is not too far away. I don't know what happens there because I don't really watch NASCAR <laughs> either. I imagine there's a slightly lower barrier to entry with NASCAR because the F1 cars are like super high-end crazy. I mean, not, yeah, not NASCAR, I, but like it'd just be a little bit easier, right? I think that I don't think that's ever like I look at that. That doesn't interest me. But for some reason, like the windy tracks and like when I don't you know. Little kid, did you see a, a F one car? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I don't like. I live like an hour from like the speedway and the tracks down there okay. and stuff. And so somewhere I saw something. Like I said, a fast car. I'm like, mom, I want to do that. Right. Like, and it was the immediate. Like my family didn't have a lot of money growing up, so they're like, no, like can't yeah. do that. That doesn't make sense. Uh, but in the back of my mind, it's been the one thing my whole life. It's kind of always stuck. Is like, ah, oh, it'd be really fun to do that. Could you just take one ride? Could you talk to DHH or whatever the hell you called him and, and just be like, hey, I want to do one, just one. Like I said, we're this ride. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I will ask. I, mean, I have a call with him in a couple of weeks. I will ask him. You I'm going to talk to him. You should get a feel free card and be like, uh, right? I'm going to I'll give it to him and be like, listen, my buddy Ben said this is redeemable <laughs> through you. Um, it is accepted everywhere, but I don't know where. Right. <laughs> so let me know. <laughs> I did just ride, drive a, a Formula rated Ferrari in um in Vegas. They have like those experiences, and I I drove the car and it had an absolute blast. It was like a bucket list thing to be able to like. I've never driven a Ferrari. That was my first time even doing that. But it, again, being Formula rated, super fast. Like it was it was 
amazing. Like if I, was, I haven't I talked to that. anybody. My new thing is trying to get people's answer achieved. That's my new goal. Cause I'm before I just listened to it and I'm like, how do I make this thing happen now? So anytime I hear F1, anything, I at least have a reason to pay more attention to it. Um, and then the last thing before we get to where people can find you, uh, I hate fake it till you make it. I'm sure that's probably why both of us felt like we weren't really ourselves maybe yet in corporate America because they they latch onto that one pretty well. I say fail it till you nail it. So what is the thing that you are currently working on that's new and scary and you're not sure how it's going to work out, but you're going to fail it till you nail it? Yeah, I'm trying to work on stuff to help the podcasting service side of the industry. So like all of us industry people that have the softwares, the services, trying to work on a way to bring us all together that we can work in a way that we support one another while also supporting the podcaster. And I'm trying some really early stage stuff that when I talk to people, they're either like, oh, this sounds amazing. And they're like, this is a dumb idea. So it's one of those things that like, I know I'm supposed to do it. And I don't, I don't need to be the guy who gets recognition, but I'd like to be part of the glue that helps bring us all together to ultimately serve the people that are podcasting. And so that's, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm terrified. I'll be real. Absolutely terrified. But I, I put myself on the line. You'll love this, uh, Ben. I'm speaking in a virtual event in a couple of weeks and it's pre-recorded. And I just did that, but it was only five minutes. So yours is probably okay. much longer. It was, right? mine was 14 minutes. So not okay, much longer. Uh, three times as much. Go ahead. But I talked <laughs> about what I'm building right now to put mm -hmm. myself on the line because it has to be out by that date now oh, because I've that... already referenced it. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> way to do it. Like a dead man yeah. switch basically on yourself so that you can't back out of it. Exactly. I've done that um, sometimes. And then I've had some late nights leading up to it or apologies <laughs> as I stutter past this, the deadline that I made. Um, <laughs> but that that sounds awesome. And I think it's great because like the podcasting industry is unlike any other one. When I was at PodFest, I mean, you go around and you see everybody like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you or whatever. Everyone's just excited to see each other. The day after PodFest, it was like some real estate conference and no one would even look at each other. I was like, right. what? The vibe was like totally flip-flop the exact opposite way where everyone was like competing with each other. It's like, Oh man, I'm so glad that we have such a different industry. So I think whatever those wacky ideas are, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are going to be down to try it out. And I'm certainly one of them. So feel free to let me know Love whatever that. weird stuff you're doing, but Thanks, where man. would you, where would you put point people to go to see what you're doing these days to connect with you to, you know, what, what podcasts are you doing whatever the hell you want to talk about. Yeah. So everything I do, like all the, the softwares we talked about earlier, along with the education, my own podcast, literally everything I do can be found at podpros.com. So podpros.com, you can connect with me anywhere. It's all there, but that's where I always send people. And kind of as a bonus, if anyone's like interested in podcasting on either side of the mic, like you're not doing it yet, you might be interested. It's a great medium to just kind of grow your expertise on either mm -hmm. side of the mic. If you go to podpros.com forward slash win, podpros.com forward slash win. I give you five quick wins that you can read in less than five minutes. I don't want your email address. You can kind of pick like who you are, where you are in the phase, and it'll kind of give you some curated stuff for you. But uh, I hope that's really helpful for everybody. But Ben, failure guy, you're an inspiration to me personally. And it was great to get to meet you because you're the same person on the podcast as you are in person. And I just am honored to have been here today. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. And also you should do a podpros.com slash fail and put something in <laughs> um, I should have made it that. You're right. <laughs> or at least you could say, I don't know. You could put, you could just redirect it for all I care. But I was, I was just thinking I want to buy podpros, P-R-O-S-E, like long form writing.com. Cause I bet it's not bought. And it, I, only do it to troll you and even not in a good way but i like domains so much <laughs> that i bought so many I have, 
like 70 how many domains do you have i have like 70 i don't domains. know and i don't want to know i i'm I, i'm a slightly i find a good domain i'm like ooh. i'm like i'm never gonna use that but i have to have it 12 dollars a year exactly yes. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll think about it in a year when i do nothing with it i'll just go okay it's it's that time of year that you're not around. supposed to get reminded that you're a failure but i'll tell you something that makes you feel that way is when you see that domain that you promised you're going to do something with at least that's me and it's a year later you're like i never touched that all year i got an but, email uh, today about drunkikea.com. i was like mm, that's still is that an idea yet yes i live I might right renew it. IKEA. it is it's got a it's got a brew for a while sometimes uh i realize i hate ones that i have to spell all the time that's one of the main things is like easily spellable memorable even if it's longer just make sure you can't really mess up that stuff. Cause I like last thing I'll say is why Wi-Fi password.com, but it was wife. I, so do you, I F E I password is like, you had to do your chores before that. She gave you the password is the dumbest thing ever, but I just spell it every time. And it pissed me off so much for the stupid pun. That wasn't even good that I was like, I'm never doing this again. Cause now every time someone gives me a website that they got to spell, I'm like, you must hate doing that over and over. I know yeah. I, I did it myself, <laughs> but um, everything you do is great. I love, uh, I love all this stuff. Pod pros is fantastic. I forget when I joined if Vinny was going to do some kind of speaking, speaking engagement and I haven't checked up with it. So I'm going to log back in and see what's going on there. But um, uh, all the things you do, if, if anybody wants to get into podcasting, I don't know of a better resource. I always point people to Podmatch to get started. Thanks man. I appreciate Podcast that. Podcast SOP is a little bit more advanced. I, I haven't even gotten there yet, but I'm trying to at least offload stuff. And I appreciate just what you're doing and, and like how you're showing the journey. Cause uh, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're, we're carving our path and, uh, and I love everything you're doing. So I, I can't wait to, for the listeners to hear it. And I can't wait to see whatever the hell weird things you come up with in the future. Thanks again, Ben. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Take it easy. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over 5 hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.